Hello, everybody, every human who's here with us today. I am Julie. And I'm Tori. And welcome to the Two Vegans One Moon podcast, where we're just two girls leaning into Libra, holding the creative space for nourishing plant based foods, meat, astrology. So grab a drink, grab a journal, and let's empower connection through our bodies, the stars, and each other. All right, guys. So today we're going to talk about the Scorpio full moon, which is really fun because this is, why does my voice always do this when we start recording? (laughs) Oh my God. But this is where we started a year ago. So this moon is super special to us. Um, Also Scorpio energy. We, I feel like we've been through a lot with them. So this is good that we're coming back here full circle. This really feels full circle. It's wild. Tori and I were just reflecting on like, this was our first full moon circle we tried hosting last year. We were so nervous. We took extremely detailed notes. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Um, But I do also, like we are, we're going to be talking about the Scorpio full moon that happens on April 27th. um, But we also will be chatting up about Earth Day because today, April 22nd, is Earth Day. And we're going to talk about the astrology behind that, what that means, and what that could look like for you. Um, and that being said, I've been dying to ask this with the wrong question, and I'm curious to hear your response, Tori. You've seen Frozen <laughs> 2, right? Okay. In honor of Earth Day, you can use Frozen 2 as the metaphor, but which element would you be? and why oh my god um what a question (laughs) i well i would be fire i feel like that part is simple you know uh who is it elsa is a sag i think Anna is a gemini oh i know it's very stressful um yeah but i would definitely be fire why because they love change and well the element of fire is good with change is very passionate and likes initiating things which I'm a fan of what about you I love that and isn't fire like the little like lit up lizard like that's how you first see fire in the movie I think so (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that um I'd say in in thinking through Frozen 2 that I don't know if I'd want to be earth, even though I'm a very earthy person myself, which I love. I love earth, but I was like, I don't want to be a big boulder giant. (laughs) I would probably be water in all honesty. And like, I could freeze. I could become really hard. I could be really powerful. Um, You can hold stories and secrets and carrying things along. So I am, and you also change with the seasons. I think I would definitely be water. I love that you would hold mm-hmm. secrets. That's like very on brand with this moon, Scorpio. <laughs> <It'd be> like, <laughs> but yeah, oh. I know that I hadn't seen. Well, I haven't seen that movie since the very beginning of quarantine. That's the first time I watched it. Oh wow! Um, I 
watched it with Holden not too long ago, but um, it's funny you mentioned holding secrets because I always <laughs> joke with him. He has this really big mustache, and I always tell him that he holds secrets in his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, happy Earth Day. I'm thinking too, like reflecting that question to you, what element would you be? And maybe, and maybe that's an element that you embody, like earth, um, water, fire, air, but also maybe what's an element that you, you know, want to become or that you want to live further into, into that energy. Um, I feel like astrology plays into that so heavily right on not only are a lot of signs and planets associated with certain elements um but we also know that in astrology it's not finite it's not fixed well sometimes some planets are fixed but <laughs> um it's always evolving and so i i always like keeping that on the horizon of like well who do i what energy do i want to live into which is why i love keeping tori around she reminds me of like you can be fire it's possible and you remind me that I can be more watery. I was actually just thinking um, when you were talking about that, I take so many showers and I like to take, <laughs> like, but I, what I tell myself now, now that getting into astrology so heavily is because I don't have a lot of water in my chart. So I need to have water. <laughs> so my <laughs> moon is in Aries, but it's in my 12th house, which is like very Piscean. So I, I always like to shower at night before bed. Like even mm. if I shower any time before the day, like I want to shower at night before bed and I want to feel so comfy before going to sleep. I want to like have a whole routine and it's like my alone time almost. And I think of it now as like, that's where my Pisces energy is. Like it's at nighttime in darkness, just me in the shower and do my whole like self-care routine I put lotion on my feet Pisces without feet <laughs> like it that's the moment that I'm like my most emotional self I think so anyway going back to what Jules is saying like if you don't necessarily have an element in your chart you can always lean into it in some way <laughs> in a very physical way I take a lot of showers apparently um it could also be me justifying my use of water sorry earth but yeah if you lean into another element or something you want to strengthen we all can do it even if we don't have it yeah I love that point that you make Tori and even if it's like even if you don't have a planet there or something significant like it doesn't mean that those don't exist for you at all because that's not true and I'd say too like I think that's what also became really fascinating about um houses when we were like we're still learning about astrology right and learning more into it but like I have some empty houses and I'm like oh I guess like my fourth through sixth house mean nothing and it's like no that's not true like a lot of times it's just like it, it's still going to impact you in whatever area in your life is that that it's related to um so definitely do not feel like you're missing out because for a long time I was like oh I'm only earth and water I have like one planet and fire and I'm mad about it I was like no it definitely shows up in different other other ways in your chart. Mm -hmm, for sure. And speaking of that, um, I have a lot of planets in Scorpio, the Scorpio house. Um, so when I was reading something about this moon, 
I feel like it was aligning a lot with the Scorpio energy I have in my houses, which again, I'm a Sag, I'm a fire moon, I'm fire sun, and I'm very earthy too. But within my houses, I have a lot of planets in my eighth house. So I can also really easily tap into that Scorpio energy and it's there and there's like this depth there. So we all have more in our charts that's why astrology is so exciting like with mm-hmm. us, like we find out so much day by day right and that's the thing is like um disclaimer Tori and I are not professional astrologers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um <laughs> we're continuing to learn and to evolve and we're like Tori was saying we find new things every day and I constantly come back to our charts and it's like wow, there's something new all the time. And so I think that's also the beauty in it too, because you can take where you're at and what the energy of the time is and then really see how they relate um, and use that as a self-reflection tool or a self-development tool, um, which is my favorite part Mm -hmm. about astrology. Yeah, so speaking on that, can you tell us where this full moon is hitting both of our charts? Yes. Well, and actually, to frame it up before we dive into the moon, because it it were this is happening before. Um, we can go over real briefly, like what is Earth Day in astrology? Um, because Earth Day is happening today, April twenty second, and it is really neat, and it's going to transition into what our full moon is going to be in a couple of days on April twenty seventh. So. Earth Day was established in like 1970, right, in the United States. And it's like, how do we, you know, be aware of what we're doing to our Earth? And like, what are we conserving? What are we not? Are we being nice to her? Are we planting trees? Things like that, right? Um, whether it's educational, etc., spiritual, probably. Um, but what I thought that was really cool in looking back at a couple of charts over the years, as far as Earth Day goes, um, a lot of it is that like there's at least three to four uh, planets that are in the sign of Taurus on Earth Day. And today for Earth Day, we have the Sun in Taurus, Mercury in Taurus, Venus in Taurus, and Uranus in Taurus, which Tori is going to dive a lot further into when we talk about the full moon in Scorpio. But that I, I just like love this Taurus energy. And then on top of that, the moon right now is in Virgo, like just switched over into Virgo. 22 minutes so there's a ton of earthy energy here and Taurus is like this beautiful beautiful sign um I like fangirl about it sometimes it's the second sign in the zodiac but it is so grounded and sometimes I always feel like maybe a little contradicting in some sense but it when I think about it further I'm like okay I got some clarity because Taurus like they love nice things they love like pleasure and like enjoying really quality things and sometimes it ends up being very physical right like a lot of times Taurus is associated with abundance but like monetary abundance and money and having things and having you know maybe it's status or having a really nice house or a really nice car or wearing really nice jackets like I feel like you could spot a Taurus just by what they wear sometimes (laughs) or if a rising Taurus um but then and sometimes that can come off as like oh they're like superficial they're into like physical things but on the flip side of that it's more so like what is physical right physical in the sense of clothes and 
you know, property, but also physical in the sense of the physical earth. Like they are rooted and they, so a lot of times tourists like love plants and just like getting to see the beauty. Like it's, it's such a beautiful sign and like the natural beauty that's there. Um, and so it's also can be very stubborn, right? Like you think about tree roots, it's going to take a lot of wind or fire or something else to really knock them out of the park um, and get them unrooted. So I just like love these metaphors of Taurus. And so if you're thinking through today, like what does that mean to me? And what is, you know, the earth mean to me? What does stability mean? What does abundance mean? And what does that look like in the physical sense? And I think the astrological alignment on this earth day really brings in those questions. And so throwing that to you, Tori, like, what does that abundance mean to you? And what does uh, physical abundance mean to you? Yeah, um, I love how you summed up a lot of the Taurus energy there. And as we talked about in last week's episode with um, Taurus season, the highs and lows of the sign that the high side is leaning into like abundance and the earth and like really conscientiously Oh my God. Do you hear my voice? <clears throat> I don't know. What the <laughs> it's the cold weather. <laughs> it literally happens whenever we podcast, like never any other time in my life. Anyway, I have a raspy voice now, everyone. So the high side of Taurus is being conscientious about the way you consume and how that affects like earth and indulging in ways that is very grateful where the low side is greed. Um, And for me, I'm a Taurus rising. So I really like nice clothes and I really like nice things. And the low side of that is that I can judge people based off of how they look, um, what they're wearing, because that's something that I value and that I care about. Um, But also the pressure I put on myself to look a certain way. I don't know if any other Taurus rising feel that out there. Anyone that has a lot of heavy Taurus energy in their chart. Like I was telling Julie um, earlier this morning that I have, I was in Florida and now I'm in the Northeast in New Jersey and it's cold. And I was used to wearing certain things in Florida and that sounds so silly and superficial. But now here, like, I feel like I'm just wearing hoodies and layers and I don't feel like my true self is being shown through like what I like to wear because I feel so off, which to maybe someone who doesn't have a lot of Taurus energy, like that could be, that could sound really superficial. That could sound like an issue that is just like, are you kidding me? Like, whatever, you look the same. But to me, like it really deeply hurts me and I actually get sad about it. Like I don't feel confident in myself and I don't feel good about myself. And I haven't um, for the past few days specifically. Um, When we've shifted into Taurus um, and even now with this Scorpio full moon, thinking a lot about of like the emotions behind that and why those things come up, um, which we'll get into, but yeah, the way Taurus manifests for me is right now is judging myself, which is the low side. Whereas the high side of it, I'm extremely appreciative of the things I have and how much I value them. And the way that manifests too is when I buy things, I try to buy secondhand. When I um, consume things, I try to (laughs) eat 
with less waste and things like that. But again, switching over into the low side, it could just be like more, 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 more. And even with food or being plant-based, I can do that too, of just wanting more, 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 more supplements, more powders, more spirulina. I need the green and the blue, like not just one. Whereas like the high side of Taurus is like, no, like you're getting this in one area, share with the rest of the world. So I oscillate between the high and low of it, which is interesting because I don't think about my rising sign as much, but I think it affects us a lot because that's also how people see us. Mm-hmm. I love how you, I love how you say that because to me and like the way I see you is very Torian. Like I am always just like, wow, Tori has her itch together and she's always like, looking has like the great clothes and like has style and I'm like blah 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 blah, you know and so um it and also comes up like very stable like you come off very very like I've got it organized I've got it together like look at me and think stability like that is definitely how I I at least see you initially and then I'm like okay obviously like (laughs) yeah um but that's such an interesting point because I always think of my stepdad who's a Taurus and he's like definition of a Taurus male but like he's he's so like he has like this very like stubborn like tough appearance of like "Mm, I like these things like da 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 but then he's like super like soft and gentle and he's like I'm gonna go play in the garden (laughs) you know Mm um yeah and it's the the last like bit that um you know in talking about Taurus energy and talking about Earth Day and like what that means. I just think so much on like one, why is it that we have an Earth Day, right? Why is it that we need to be reminded of how we're treating like the physical Earth around us? Um, especially in a at least in a, an American society that's very, very Earth energy. Like it's it's very America and like predominant American society has a lot of Capricorn energy, which is like a more evolved state in Earth signs than Taurus is but um also has its rigidity and issues in there but I I always come back it's like reminding us of how important earth is because earth is also what houses all of these elements right like earth is the combination of all of the things that you know are us and that you know support us and um I think now more than ever now that we're in this like large time of Aquarius right Jupiter and Saturn are in Aquarius that um we really can be innovative and humanitarian in the sense of how we treat each other but like also how we treat the earth and doing it in ways that maybe we haven't done it before and really breaking old structures that aren't serving our earth anymore otherwise there won't be a structure to be had so I'm curious to hear all like what um you how you all reflect on this day and um how you, you know, whether it's you make a commitment to doing something or just like really deep reflection that evolves in something else. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jules. Um, and before you get into the aspects, because Julie is a pro at reading how the chart affects us, I just want to say, <clears throat> here we go again with my raspy voice, um, <laughs> the theme of this moon is honesty, which we'll get into more, but yeah, I just want everyone to kind of think about that word and what that word means to you. I feel like for some people that could be a triggering word. 
Um, for some people that could be a word of relief, but for better, or for worse, Scorpio is a lot about honesty um, and revealing the truth behind mm-hmm. things. And that is heavy within this moon, but within ourselves. Yeah. And I was even looking back at our old notes from last year's Scorpio full moon. And um, we had noted about like the Taurus and Scorpio axis, right? So they're exactly the opposite of each other, which is how um, full moons happen in times of a different sun season. So why we're having a Scorpio full moon during Taurus sun season. So they're exact opposites. And um, it's this axis of rebirth and death, endings and beginnings, mm-hmm. a beautiful connection. And I think there's a lot of times we get scared of that. And a lot of times Scorpio gets shat on because they can be like brutally honest, like you were saying. But at the same time, like if we didn't have that type of archetype and type of personality in our world, we really, we'd be missing out on a lot. And like honesty can hurt because honesty can mean death. Honesty can mean endings of things. Um, But at the same time, like that's a part of rebirth and that's a part of alignment. And so I think there's a lot of beauty to be had and I'm excited to continue exploring it with you yeah and one of the ways that Taurus kind of sheds light on the Scorpio energy that we dive in we're going to dive into on the 27th and I mean you can dive into it early we're diving into it right now but it's finding empowerment joy and creativity in this moon and this Scorpio energy, like how can you find joy in the transformation? Like how can you find joy in the truth? And even though sometimes like facing the truth in certain ways can be tough, how can you switch that and see it as something as empowering for you? And how can you change the narrative? Because yeah, things can be tough, but when you change the narrative and you see it as a form of creation, a form of rebirth, now you've got something to work with. Now you've got energy to push yourself forward. And when we stay in that place of like fear and like avoidance and not addressing this honesty in that way, we say we stay fixed and we stay stuck like the low side of Taurus where Scorpio comes in and gives Mm -hmm. us that water and we can move forward with that. Yeah. You know what? I even thought like the way you described that painted this picture in my head. I'm a very visual learner for any visual learners out there, but I was like that fixedness and the earthiness of that was like, Oh, I'm thinking of a seed that was put in the ground. And then, but if I leave it like that and I don't give it anything, I don't nurture it. I don't nourish it and help it grow. It's just going to stay a seed. It's not going to do anything, but it's not until the water, like the water of Scorpio, that comes in and is nourishing that seed on top of other elements that bring it up to light. But then that's what's really is going to help it sprout <laughs> and help it grow. And like that connection between the two, I think is really important. And um, also I liked how you were describing on like, yeah, that honesty can be scary. But I think too, like for someone who resonates so heavily with like earth signs and earth energy, um, that. I think this is a a beautiful full moon because yes, you're getting that heat of Scorpio, not heat, but you're getting that like intensity of the Scorpio full moon still within the sun season of Taurus. So there's still stability among that like potential honesty that can lead to change. And that alone is reassuring to be like, okay, I can explore within that because these other energies are supporting me and making me still feel comfortable, but enough to like branch out of that. 
Yeah, 100%. Like it is a good time to dive into like your secrets or yourself right now because Taurus is like going to come for you and going to make it stable. It's not like (laughs) where you feel like the world is changing and you're in darkness. Maybe that's just me, but that's how Scorpio season feels. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's definitely how it feels. There's always like this lull during some parts of November and I'm like, oh no, will we make it out alive? (laughs) What's in the Yes. So there's, um, so for those of you, if you have your chart, you have it out and you're like, what does this full moon mean to me? So this full moon is going to be happening April 27th. It'll be at its fullest peak at about 3.31 universal time, GMT. I'm terrible with all that time zone stuff. But um, if you are in the U.S., so it's probably going to look like early on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. Um, but this is where the sun is going to be in Taurus at seven degrees. The moon is going to be in um, Scorpio at seven degrees. So thinking about where is seven degrees of Taurus or seven degrees of Scorpio in your chart. And since this is a full moon, I'd say like even more so, where is seven degrees of Scorpio in your chart? What house is that in? What aspect is it as in? What's the connection does does it have to other planets that are in your chart? Um, What planets exist around that? And um, really going from there. So for Tori, like she had mentioned, her rising is in Taurus. Um, So that's the beginning of your chart. Your astrological chart starts with your rising and it starts kind of at like the nine o'clock on your chart. Um, And that's at 17 degrees for you, Tori. And so um, on the flip side, though, when it comes to Scorpio, you have a... um, Ooh, so interesting. Scorpio is what's ruling your seventh house of love and partnerships and marriage. Um, This seven degrees is technically in your sixth house, but there's still energy playing in both sides. And that being said, like, what is, what are you excited about with this moon, knowing how it relates to your chart? Um, And yeah, I'm curious. Um, I like I was saying before, like leaning into these like narrative old narratives I have about myself and like my how I come off to the world and like my image and things like that. Um, my body, that is a lot where it's hitting me. That's interesting. Sixth house is also about health and the body. Um, but your first house is how you come off to the world. And a lot of what I've been feeling is like how I'm coming off to the world and being really insecure in that where, um, I don't always feel that. So what I want to dive into in this moon is questioning myself. Like, what is the story I have behind that? Like, how can I be really honest? Like, where is this insecurity coming from? Um, And why is this relating to my physical body and my image and how people see me? Like, what fears do I have around that? Um, And I have some questions later that we'll talk about that you guys can reflect on. But yeah, um, that's a lot of what is coming up for me and among other things, but we'll talk about that. I want to know where this is hitting you. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. And I I love that like dichotomy between the two and also like how it's just like perfectly aligned in your chart. Um, On a completely different side note, I also love how both of our risings are like a degree away from each other. It's like, and they're in completely different signs and whatnot, but I'm like, here's a 17, I'm like 18 degrees or something. But anyway, <laughs> alignment. Um, 
but Taurus, I actually don't have any planets in Taurus. Taurus is um, really my fifth house, though, so of creativity um, and playfulness and things like that. And so I don't, like I said, I don't have planets, but still, like the way that I like to play is a very like earthy way. I like to be really grounded in it. I like to be very intentional with it. Um, especially when I'm being creative where I'm like I'm not just gonna like willy-nilly anything on like a painting like canvas but I'm like I want to make sure that what I'm doing is going to be something I'm going to directly put up on my wall um but this for Scorpio at least um right at that seven degrees actually is um the cusp of my 10th and 11th house so it's coming off of my 10th house, which is like a career and like your purpose in life. Like, what are you actively doing in life? Going into my 11th house of like friends and like longer term goals. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to even think on like what that means to me. It's kind of like playing into both fields. I was telling Tori, I'm like applying to a grad program, which has been very like, blah. but a lot of it's been sitting with a lot of my like real honesty on like what is it that I want to like what's going to make me happy like how do I want to spend every single day like not just what looks good on paper or pays well like I really want to be fuck and happy man and so Mm -hmm. um but then also like playing into that 11th house like I've been thinking so much about um friends and relationships in the last couple of weeks and really trying to prioritize them and um I also feel this point too of like being really honest with myself on like what friendships are really serving me and like also what aren't and having to be really real on like what are those things that I need to release um if they're not going to be beneficial for either of us anymore um which I think was is interesting so I'm curious to go back to last year's because right at this time last year I had like ended a relationship and a lot of it was like the brutal honesty of like, does this really align with my long-term goals? Which is a part of what 11th house energy is. It's like, Mm -hmm. is this really like what you're wanting? Um, So yeah, just a lot of those hard truths and getting, shedding to be in alignment. Yeah. And I love that. And also what that reminds me of is, is the role that Uranus plays in this moon. So Uranus is in um, an opposition to the moon and Uranus is the planet that is just like all about change. It's kind of crazy. And the way that we can like hone in on Uranus during this time is what is your desire for change right now? Like, what do you want to change? Think about, I mean, Joy's thinking about like her relationships and what can be altered in that way. My career, what could be altered in that way? For me, I'm thinking a lot about my like daily activities and like my daily self-talk and like daily things that I, I want to change. Um, but Uranus is all about change and shifts. And one question that came up when I was listening to some things about this moon is what is your status quo and is it working for you? Um, so Sarah Verba Mm -hmm. is my favorite and shout out to her for giving me all this knowledge, but I loved that question. Like what is your, current state of being right now in whatever that means to you, whatever part of your life is feeling just completely lit up. Um, and is it working and how can you be honest about that? Mm. And another question I have is speaking off of that is what are you afraid to ask yourself? 
So Julie, I'm going to ask you <laughs> either question. So where are you right now? And is that something you want to alter? And is there any fear around your current state of being? Or should yeah. It's a really good point. Um, I love that question. And I think a lot of it for me that I'm experiencing, like, um, like I'd mentioned is like my career and my relationships, like in my chart too, those two areas are just like lit up. Like it's really like a huge level of importance for me. And, um, just career wise, like it's good. It's fine. Like I'm gaining a lot of skills, but I always like, am so on this hunt of like, what's really going to be fulfilling for me in my day today. Like, what is it that lights me up and things that like, I really want to feel, um, good about doing and so I that's really where I came back to this last urge in the last like month or so of like I really want to um pursue that route of social work which I always like would talk myself out of because I was like stability right like it's not very (laughs) they don't make much money and Mm -hmm. how will I ever be stable but also like how will I have a lifestyle that I want if I don't you know make money without having to rely on other people so um I've really been like sitting with that and being like, okay, well, the job I have now, I enjoy it, but I don't love it in many ways. And so I, I also know like that's not, it's good for the time being, but it's not with alignment of like who I'm really wanting to be and going to be. And so really being honest with that. But then at the same time, like I mentioned, like friendship wise, um, things I don't want to have to like address with like long-term friends um, that I'm like, I don't know if this is serving us anymore. And I remember having this same feeling last year in my relationship where I was like, you know, this can be still great, but at the end of the day, like I can't get over the hump that like, if we aren't in alignment, like I I will not force things. I will not try and like push through and be like, I'm okay. It's fine. Like I'll put this to the side. Like, um, so just like trying to have those hard conversations, which I don't know if I'm ready to have with said friend, but, um, I know that like, it'll be better for it. And so uh, those, that hard honesty um, and just being like so blunt and forward with it, given that energy of Tara, yeah. but a lot yeah. of change in that sense. How, well, how about I you? love that you're saying that about like friendships and like if things serve you anymore, because I don't think we like talk about that enough. Um, I think like we, we want to hold on to a lot of things because we don't like change <laughs> aka why Uranus is always like effing everybody up but like <laughs> sometimes you really do need to change and what I try to think about with my relationships is like are you as committed to my growth as I am as committed to yours and like are we here to push each other and I always think about that in my relationship too um I one of my values is is honesty like blunt honesty and it is it shows up in my relationships all the time and it can cause issues in my relationships it causes issues in my intimate romantic relationship currently but also like I ask myself like what person would I want to be with someone who would sugarcoat something absolutely not because I want someone to push me to be better of course there's a difference between like being rude and being like honest and caring and committed to someone's growth and 
once you know that someone is committed to you and to your evolution and there's love behind that, there's love behind that honesty, like that relationship is so worth it. And I think with friendships, like we put so much on friends and into friends and we expect so much of each other. And I think like, it's okay to let go of them. It's okay to be honest and be like, well, this isn't working. Or how can we shift into how this is working? Because if you think of friendships, like sometimes they last a lifetime where a relationship won't. But is that friendship really serving you? Because relationships stop because you're so intimate that you grow and you change and it doesn't work. But friendships should be the same way. You should be allowed to break up with friends. So you have space to bring people in that are there for you in that growth, in that evolution. And Mm -hmm. uh, for me, this moon is less about my relationship to other people and my relationship to myself and then how I express that, Um, which I have, I'm noticing now that, that like, I have a really hard time expressing things in real time. Like if I'm going through something and that is like being lit up right now in my life. Like if I'm feeling insecure, if I'm feeling down in a moment, I almost need like 24 hours to figure out how I feel about it before I can express it. Whereas I want to be able to express it in real time because I want to be able to let someone in to, I don't know, support me through that. Not take it away like this is my experience but to support me to feel like I'm not as alone in that moment but for whatever reason right now it is extremely hard for me to share things in real time especially when it's about my self-image how I feel about my body um and things like that and that is I mean it's crazy how it aligns with astrology but (laughs) that's what being lit up so heavily for me right now and um I really like how you talked about like that blunt honesty because I know for me like I really value that in you and um I appreciate that because like that kind of fire energy is just like yes like it's on the table here it is and um like people who have like mercury's in Taurus or something like that like Taurus is always known it's the sign of the bull it's known to be like very blunt and forward and I know like I'm very watery. And so I really appreciate that because sometimes I get lost in my emotions so instantly. It's like instant tears or instant, like, ah, that like a lot of action doesn't happen. Um, And so like, I love when people can be just like so straightforward and so blunt about things. Um, This, like what you were describing actually reminded me of something that I've been reading on and reflecting on a lot. Um, And the, so I was rereading this book on culturally relevant pedagogy it's the teaching thing. It's on how you teach. And, you know, Tori knows it very well. And um, when you're in the classroom, though, too, if you're not sharing the same identities with your students, it's really important to be aware of the identities that you show up in a classroom with, the identities of your students, what they're experiencing, etc. And they made a really good point in this book on how, like, there's a very um, common characteristic of predominantly, like, white identifying females that in the United, in the U.S., that it's, like, indirect directives are, like, a very common thing, like, oh, I'm asking you a question, and I'm expecting you to just follow it and assume it's a directive, but it's not, so then a lot of times people are, like, well, you are, you're being disobedient, because I said, um, will you take your seat, please, 
when really I'm trying to say, take your seat. And a student's like, no. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, they're like, I answered your question. I don't want to sit down. So like, they're not doing anything wrong. Um, but a part of that too is like branching out of that and being like, how can you like really be an ally? Um, how can you really be like, and what does allyship mean? And where it's kind of like tough love in a sense, right? Like it's being warm and strict. It's being like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be on, like, we're going to, I'm going to be honest about my identities. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about really hard things, um, but I'm not here to save you. I'm not here to do these things for you. I'm here to like, um, you know, help in any way that I can, but we're going to sit here and we're going to make a commitment together. You're going to commit to something. I'm going to commit to something and we're going to see this through. We're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to get these things done, but I'm going to be really honest about the feedback that I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to be honest too about the high expectations that I have and the high standards. And we're also going to be honest about like the systems of inequity that exist and how that's impacting like right now. And so like a part of that, like having hard conversations is also love, right? And it's, it's being like being honest is like how we grow. And I think a lot of times, you know, specifically for um, predominantly like white identifying women is that like the, you kind of want to like brush things off or beat around the bush. And I know like personally, I experienced a lot of that growing up and how I was taught to be. Um, and I think pulling it back to this, like Uranus and Taurus is literally like, how do you change traditional values? And how do you change the way that you're like um, going about the world and how you thought you were supposed to be your whole life? So yeah, long story short, that's really what you have like made me think about. Yeah, I I love that story. And like, all I could think about was like being socialized into not being assertive and being agreeable and not saying exactly what you want mm. because what happens when you say exactly what you want you're a bitch or, or you're too much or you're mm-hmm. overwhelmed and despite one of my personal values being honesty I am so insecure about being honest like like I was saying real-time honesty is so hard for me because of that way in which I was socialized to be agreeable, to be nice. And the amount of times that I've been told that I'm controlling, that I'm too sensitive, that I'm a bitch, that I'm all of these things, like that stuff stays with me. And so even in real time in my relationship, I am so scared to be too much sometimes. I'm so scared to speak my truth where then I just explode. (laughs) And it is overwhelming when you explode, (laughs) but I think these are like really big themes that are coming up in this moon. And I mean, in our whole world all the time. And I love that you brought in teaching and what it means to be a white woman in a classroom um, and not share identities with your students. I think that's such an important conversation, but again, it's like acknowledgement of where that came from where why why do we believe those things and that is this moon like can we acknowledge our truth like can we acknowledge our past even if it sucks even if it's shameful even if it makes you feel guilty even if it makes you feel all of these terrible things like how can we acknowledge it transform that change that narrative and then move forward to literally be better and to do better because I don't want to teach my daughter to feel this way about herself. Like, I don't want to teach her that she mm-hmm. can't be up and that she can't be her own independent person who has thoughts and feelings. Like she needs to be that person and needs to, um, what's the word I want to say? Like not be codependent. <laughs> I feel like we are taught so heavily as women to be codependent, to 
seek validation outwardly, like from an external source a lot of times in heterosexual relationships from men. Um, but that's, that's what we need to change. And I want to change that within myself too, because I have that theme of wanting outward validation and Taurus is my rising. This is being hit so hard right now. Like I was telling Julie like two days ago that I was freaking out because like I, my face broke out while being at my significant other's house, like literally freaking out. Like I am not okay. Like what is happening to me? Because my Mm -hmm. image is so important to me. And I feel like as a woman, that's something that is valued higher than my education than what I do for a living, than all the beautiful relationships mm-hmm. I have. I feel like the first thing I am judged for is my appearance. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I know a lot of people feel that, but that's something that is hitting me so hard right now because I'm like, where did I learn that? And why was I taught that? And how can I unlearn that? Even though that theme is incredibly painful, like it hits everything. It hits what I eat how often I work out, like all of the things, the way you experience your your body image and things like that. But yeah, as we're going back to this moon, like we are changing these hard truths, these hard themes, but we can be abundant and grateful and creative. So how can we do this in a way that's creative? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how you're like sharing that and um, you had made kind of like when things have to be like shameful, right? And I'm, I think what's also interesting about Scorpio is that like Scorpio in the body is reflected in the genitals. And what's the most shameful thing? Sex and, and like talking about sex and being open about sexuality. I'm curious to see how this like shift when it like, with this Uranus and Taurus, like, how are we shifting the values around that? And like, what we talk about then to because Mercury, sorry, not Mercury. Um, Taurus is also ruling like the throat and the neck. And it's like having a lot of control here, right? But like, that's also the vessel that you're then using to speak. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's also the thing that I always come back to with Scorpio was like, what are some like hidden things that you are always been like shameful of talking about or mm-hmm. expressing? And um, I think this full moon really shed light on that, right? Like there is light out there. It is a full moon. You're able to see things a lot clearer than you can on a new moon. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to see like what honesty like comes to the table for everyone in this upcoming full moon. Yeah. And just like a a last thing, because you brought up the shame, which I learned recently from an astrologer that I can't remember the name, but where Pluto is in your chart um, is where you hold a lot of shame as well. So do you know where Pluto Mm. is in your chart? Mine is in my first house. I mean, on my first house Mm. is in my sun sign. I'm sorry. It was in your seventh house. Yeah. And it shows up um, in, um, what is it? I think I have, wow, now I can't remember. (laughs) It's on the cusp of Sag and Scorpio. It's like zero degrees. Sag is where your Pluto is. I have a whole thing I was going to say. 
Um, well, it shows up in my relationships. It shows up in my one-on-one relationships specifically. So speaking my truth and things like that feel very shameful for me. Um, where is it in your house? Uh, your chart. That's so interesting because my Pluto is at zero degrees Sag. Um, same as yours, but in my 12th house. So like my spiritual worldliness and like, um, yeah, I, I know I personally have always felt like very connected spiritually in a sense. Um, I grew up very Catholic though, but also like experienced a ton of shame through not only like that type of organized religion, but then even now when I'm, I, I don't associate with that anymore, but like being very spiritual, I'm, I'm very it's not shameful, but I'm very shy and being honest about it with people I don't know and like how they view things, um, especially in like work settings, obviously. But like, I also am a person like I want to show up very authentically. And um, yeah, just I, I, I always feel like, oh, it's not good enough or like I'm not, you know, proficient enough in it yet or like well-versed or smart enough in it to be able to talk about spiritual things. But I think that's also what I'm learning is that like spirituality has no rule book. <laughs> it's, it's what that means to you. Um, and I also, I know 12th house also rules like self undoing. So like things that we do to ourselves that end up hurting ourselves. And I know for me, I carry a ton of shame in overindulgence and like in ton of shame in like, wow, I overate or like, you know, being vegan, like if I eat dairy, I like will beat myself up. And I'm like, I can't tell anyone. Like mm-hmm. I, and if someone sees me, I'm like, don't tell anyone. Like the vegan society's going to come after me. Mm-hmm. Like um, I try and do things in secret when I want to indulge. And so like, that's, that's a really great like point you brought up because I hadn't really thought much into it. So it's definitely something that I'm going to reflect on. Yeah, and it's also where we're most obsessive, which makes sense because you carry shame too. Um, so like when I eat this thing or when I consume this thing, like you kind of give yourself anxiety about it. And yeah, that's just something for you guys to think about, like find Pluto in your chart and kind of reflect on where your shame is your obsessiveness and it's passion. It's definitely passion too, because Scorpio is extremely passionate. So there's all of that there, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like finding the balance and acknowledging the fear within that. Again, acknowledgement, acknowledgement, acknowledgement with this moon. Mm, I love that. Keyword, acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tori's really good at words. Let's throw some words out there. Scorpio <laughs> is like also very sexual and Taurus is about indulgence and sex too so have sex do something fun um live your life yes yes happy earth day happy honesty day for this full moon coming up and um i hope you all enjoy and like relish in this abundance taurus is a beautiful beautiful time and this moon adds an extra element of beauty to it and so um Hope you all enjoy and we'll chat soon. Bye guys.